Episode number 64 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Hey guys, this is uh, Captain Joe <laughs> on the line today with Pilot to Pilot podcast. I do fly a Boeing 747 uh, for a large cargo company. Today's episode is brought to you by AOPA's Pilot Protection Services. As disciplined and meticulous pilots, we are always striving to achieve that perfect flight from engine startup to shutdown. However, even the most experienced pilot can get distracted by a passenger or have a momentary bout of information overload. AOPA's Pilot Protection Services knows that your pilot and medical certificates mean everything to you. And that's why their trusted legal services plan attorneys and medical certification specialists are there to help protect you when things don't go as planned. It's available only to AOPA members and over 64,000 members already participate. So go check them out before your next flight at aopa.org backslash PPS. What is going on, AV Nation? And welcome back to episode number 64 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin and I am your host. Today is an exciting episode. It is one where we are talking with Captain Joe. Captain Joe has over 1 million subscribers on YouTube and many, many more on Instagram as well. He is killing the game killing the aviation content and not influencer as we later find out he hates that word but educator on he is an aviation educator and he is doing a great job at it it was uh, really fun to have joe on the podcast and learn about his story it was great to to get to know him personally to get to know his professional career path and how it wasn't all easy for him how joe faced a lot of setbacks and he found himself furloughed and lost his job and had to figure things out he had to figure out how he was going to get back in the cockpit and figure out where he was going to go aviation this is a great episode and one that I'm just really excited about and can't wait to hear the feedback on it. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can check us out on Instagram at pilot the pilot. If you want to email us, email us at pilot the pilot HQ at gmail.com. And by all means, please check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pilot the pilot. I was able to use the Patreon money to go buy some new equipment so I can record some podcasts while I am at Oshkosh. That's right. I'll be at Oshkosh. I'm trying to plan a meetup right now, but nothing is set in stone. I'm trying to work with Cadence Aviation who I've given away a headset of theirs and I've worked with them as well in the past but plan on right now Oshkosh meetup at Cadence Aviation date and time will come further down the road but Aviation I don't want to keep you any longer so without further ado here's Captain Joe Captain Joe what is going on man (laughs) this is a long time in the making and I'm excited to have you on the podcast (laughs) <laughs> I totally agree. Craig took some time that we two get on the phone with each other, but yeah. I'm really happy we worked out today. <laughs> Me too. It's uh, what would you say it was January when we try to get this all done before, and then this is the first time that we could uh, get another day where we had both days off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually in a very comfortable situation right now because I just got out of my uh, semi-annual sim check ride okay and now i'm in the hotel and i've got some time to be on the phone with you well congratulations yes. <laughs> man <laughs> no problem well hey let's get started man first question yeah. i ask everyone what why aviation what was your original inspiration for aviation okay that's a good question um to start off with because actually um i i think it's not was not my like my um childhood dream to become a pilot mm-hmm. um I want to say I started a little late. I sort of at the age of 14, uh, I was first introduced into, into a plane, um, actually flying a little plane. Uh, friends of my parents invited me to go flying and he had a little, um, Christian Eagle. And, uh, if anyone knows Christian Eagle, you as the pilot, or, sorry, as the passenger, you sit in the front seat and the pilot actually sits in the back seat. And, um, so it was really cool because I was, I had an unobstructed view and yeah. looked outside and we just took off. 
And uh, I think maybe 10 or 20 seconds into the flight, the pilot goes, hey, Joe, you want to have a go? And uh, <laughs> so he just gave me um, the controls. And uh, it was more or less from that from that point that I was completely hooked because the cool thing is also uh, in the Christian Eagle, she has like little glass windows at the bottom. They're actually primarily used for landing. Uh-huh. But when we, when we took off, I just could see the 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 runway sort of you know leave as we took off from the ground. It's the the feeling was absolutely amazing. <laughs> and just going airborne and everything became so quiet and because we actually we took off on a like fairly bumpy runway yeah. and then you took off into the skies and then uh, it was a sunset flight that um, again just made it absolutely awesome and um, uh, yeah and from that point on I got more and more interested into aviation. Um, I uh, had my first uh, actually flight lesson fairly late then because um, I did my finished my schools and uh, then I had to do like social service for one year and uh, I hadn't anything with flying to do at that point. But then I uh, came, I studied dentistry for a couple of semesters. Oh, dang. <laughs> I, yeah, because I was supposed to become a dentist. Um, but then during my dentistry uh, studies, I then... Um, looked into a local flight school in Austria, which is really, really cool. Um, and that's where I started my PPL. And then they sort of said, Hey, Joe, you got, you've got some talent there. Aren't you interested in becoming like an airline pilot? And then that's where it actually all sort of got my interest. Uh, but much, much later at the age of, I think maybe 19 or 20 mm-hmm. or something. Um, and then I quit my <laughs> studies with dentistry and yeah, to become then a, a full-time um, pilot and went to a uh, flight school in the, in the area of uh, Dusseldorf in sort of northwestern part of Germany. Yeah. Uh, and I did all of my IFR, um, uh, like theoretical training and all that stuff I did there. And I did um, all the practical training. I went to flight safety in Vero Beach, Florida. Oh, cool. And uh, to anyone who's listening right now <laughs> and who is a flight student, I am so jealous of your time you have right now because that, to me, was the best time of my life. I yeah. had so much fun. It That's was awesome. the, we were six months, roughly six months in, in the States, and we just had a blast. It was really, really good. <laughs> just yeah. flying all over the country, or do you fly just uh, mainly training routes? Yeah, we did. And most of them was training routes. And I, I remember this. It was so much fun. The, the uh, instructor himself, <laughs> he was not much older than we were. <laughs> and uh, so he was a really, really nice guy. And um, he uh, he was kind of stuck in that area because he only flew around, you know, Florida. And so all the little airports, like there was one <laughs> airport at Okeechobee, for example, at Lake yeah. Okeechobee. Pahokee, they immediately became Pahokee International, you know. <laughs> we went there so many times. And, uh, and then we, had, uh, we did a couple of nice flights down to Key West and yeah. then up to Gatesville and, you know, Titusville and all these uh, areas around the um, Cape Canaveral and all that stuff. And that was, uh, that was just so cool. It was, awesome, I man. really loved flying around Florida. It it's, was really cool. It's so funny how you said that you wanted to be a dentist. I'm just imagining you having a YouTube <laughs> channel, Dentist Joe, like all the like Instagram <laughs> dentist joe and all that kind of stuff but a lot of people don't understand that like for some people flying is their first love like you said like some people at age six they want to be a pilot like for me i didn't want to be a pilot until i was 21 so like it's just a lot of people can get into this career later or even a little bit further down the line and it's just it's cool to see that you can have other loves in this industry and still do it and this industry is cool because you can also be a full-time pilot or you can be like uh, a family friend that took you up you could own a plane and fly for fun so there's just so much you can do in aviation 
Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I think I, I am the first pilot within our entire family, and all my oh, relatives. Wow. None of them are pilots, and um, I, I'm happy that I've that I've went down that career because the rest of my uh, my cousins and my sister they're all dentists. Oh no way! <laughs> and uh, I'm not I'm not blaming them. I mean, yeah. they, they really enjoy what they do, and yeah. I, I enjoy what I do. And <laughs> I think you you can only get really good at whatever you do in a job you are really happy with, you know, exactly. because um, that to me agree. is, I think I want to say it's my success is partly based on that. I'm really, really happy in what I do every day. And um, if I weren't happy being a dentist, then I would probably have no patience whatsoever. And they could <laughs> you know, sense that. And uh, so, therefore, yeah, <laughs> I agree, man. I totally agree. And talk a little bit about like breaking that mold, being the first person to become a pilot in your family. What was kind of the support your family gave or like, nah, Joe, you're crazy. Like uh, we're, we're dentists. You yeah. don't become a pilot. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely hard on my family, especially uh, my parents, because um, my dad didn't come from a dentist uh, family either. He sort of had his breakthrough when he was younger and decided, okay, he should have actually uh, taken over the farmhouse of my uh, grandmother. And he just he just realized how much hard work that was. And he said, no, I'm not doing this. Uh, and then he, yeah, he just, uh, I think very late at the age of 28, he then decided to become a, a dentist. Oh, wow. And then obviously he, I had a, yeah, I had a great childhood and, uh, you know, my parents took us places and it was really, really cool. And, um, he obviously wanted me to do the same thing. And I mean, the practice was <laughs> at my fingertips. I just had, I could have only taken it over and, you know, and continue, um, the legacy more or less of my father. But, yeah. uh, you know, and, and my sister then more or less did it. But, um, for me, I, I don't know. I, when, when I was studying it, I didn't feel, this is the right thing for me. And, um, I, you know, it, my sister, she just went through her studies with flying colors and mm -hmm. I was really struggling. And, um, <laughs> so I just, uh, decided to do something different and, uh, yeah. And in the end, um, my family is now completely backing me up. They're incredibly proud of what I've achieved. And especially during, um, when I lost my job, I mean, I was unemployed for a couple of months when my other uh, airline I worked for went bankrupt. I mean, mm -hmm. I needed full support of my family there and, um, yeah, but everything in the end turned out, uh, for the best. And, um, yeah, <laughs> and my dad's flying with me. No way. <laughs> that's so cool. And I fun flights. My sister's been on the plane with me. The only one's missing is my mom. My mom <laughs> has yet been on the flight with me. It's time that she comes and fly with me. Is she, <laughs> is she afraid or yeah. is it, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes she gets a bit scared uh, in yeah. terms of, uh, where I am sometimes yeah. I call her and you know and I just recently I went to um, uh, Bamako Mali in, in mm -hmm. Africa and my mom said what on earth are you doing down there <laughs> just get home safe and stuff yeah. like that but uh, no she's, she's not afraid of flying my mom is she's uh, I want to say a frequent flyer because yeah. she flies to England um, that's where she's from uh, like on a regular basis so she, she's not afraid of flying no no awesome. <laughs> That's cool. No, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, especially being the first one to, to become yeah. a pilot. It's yeah. aviation is such a foreign industry to people that aren't inside of it. And they just all think that, no, you can't be a pilot. Like you have to be a military. You have to go to the military out to be a pilot. Yeah. Or, like we're not a pilot aviation family, so you can't get in, but it is once you get in and I'm sure you've realized this too, it's the most inclusive family and it's, it, we just want people to succeed. We want more oh, pilots. Yeah. So it's like, it's so easy to get into. So I, I really, it's, it's awesome to hear someone be that first pilot. Cause I feel like yeah. so many people I talk to are, yeah, my family was aviation. My family's aviation. And for me, it's like my dad, my 
grandpa is a pilot. My dad's a pilot. So it's really <laughs> cool and refreshing to talk to someone that was the first one. And it's kind of setting yeah. the, that mark for the rest of your family, you know? So now it's in when you have kids or nieces and nephews, they can look up to you and be like, I want to be a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the cool thing that nowadays when my cousins and when we meet up, it's always great, you know, because we exchange stuff and uh, they are happy maybe sometimes not to talk about dentistry. <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, what I experienced yeah. in my life. And uh, yeah, and I think uh, we have a lot to share. And um, especially what you just said about uh, the aviation community itself and everything. Um, yes, at the beginning, I, I had the feeling that I'm a, I'm a little left out because most of my uh, flight students I went to, the, to flight school with, they all had some background, mm-hmm. you know, some dad or friend or whatever they were pilots and i was worried that that is actually going to impact me one day and finding a job because you know a lot of people know each other and then they Mm -hmm. recommend their son to this guy and that guy but uh after all uh, it didn't i mean i was happy that uh, i i got my first job without any help of that uh, that i could prove myself that i am you know worthy enough to be to to work for this in that airline but um yeah i mean (laughs) it was definitely interesting no for sure let's take it back Mm -hmm. a little bit let's talk uh about so you grew up in germany correct yes well partly i I spent most of my childhood in england um because yeah and uh but it's part part i mean uh, most of my school i did in germany okay so in germany what is general aviation like what is kind of like uh pilot training (laughs) like i mean obviously everyone knows in the states and i know you mentioned it before you came to the states to come fly yeah um yeah is it just not as widely available like why do they send their trainees to the states to do flying is it because cheaper or just kind of what is the thought process of that yeah that's the sad story actually Uh, general aviation in germany is incredibly expensive yeah it's uh uh, it's really, it's great. I'm not saying it's bad, um, but also uh, flying through Germany uh, via far mm-hmm. <laughs> can be quite a struggle because there are so many control zones. There's uh, one airport after the other, and okay. you really know, you really have to know what you're doing because you can really get into big trouble there. But now, besides that, um, yeah, we we went to to America uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of them was cheaper, yes. Um, secondly, I'm not going to say that the training is much, much better in mm-hmm. America. I mean, I want to say it's pretty, pretty equal. Uh, but uh, Florida <laughs> and northwestern Germany, if you think about the weather, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can highly recommend to go to Florida. But the funny thing was, again, when we were in Florida, uh, <laughs> actually simulate bad weather. We, I think for a good three months, we didn't even <laughs> take off the IFR, uh, you know, the glasses, the shade, <laughs> yeah, the foggles, because, the, yeah. Yeah, the, foggles, because <laughs> the weather was just way too good then, you know, yeah. but, um, I mean, you, you know, you gain experience either way, but, uh, I'm, I am really happy that I did it in the States yeah. because, um, you have a completely different approach when it comes to flying. I mean, yeah. We did low approaches in Miami. We did, uh, you know, touchy goes here and there, and and also, well, everything's for free. Yeah. Um, like you, you don't, we don't in Germany. You have to pay a landing fee for any airport you go to. Mm. That's the first thing you have to do. So you can't just do touch and goes. You always have to do a final landing and actually pay the tower um, after your last landing. But also. Um, 
the way uh, the general aviation in America is set up. So you land somewhere. I remember we went to Kissimmee um, and you land there, then you get picked up by a little golf cart. They take you to the, to the terminal. Then you have this massive lounge where pilots you know, chill out and, or prepare <laughs> for the next flight. And then the other thing was that you got a free rental car to take you That's true. To, to Pizza Hut or something. That was just amazing. Yeah. I mean, we were living our lives. And, and that is to Germany, it's... Um, that's completely different. There's a lot of restrictions, like also, also like a noise and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just it's just a little, yeah, it's just different. The yeah. states is just much easier. To it it, it is. It's yeah. crazy. And I've I've talked with Maria about that too. I interviewed Pilot Maria a couple months or last year now. But yeah, she said the same thing. It's just you can it's just yeah you can do whatever you want. Not, you can't do whatever you want, but you have some a lot more freedoms in the states when yeah, it comes to flying. Absolutely, so absolutely. It's uh, yeah. it's 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 cool to see. And um, yeah, I I knew a girl who flies for American Airlines now, and she was in Arizona, and she was like the CFI out in Arizona for all the Lufthansa pilots because I guess all the Lufthansa oh, okay. pilots mm-hmm. train out in Arizona. So yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. most of the airlines out there. Not most, some of the airlines out there send their pilots over here to do training, and and seems to be working mm-hmm. out pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I admit when we when we came back uh, after, I think I did 105 hours in the states, and then I had to come back to Germany to do a sort of conversion mm-hmm. flight and check flight on the seminal, and uh, it was <laughs> it was tempting. It was quite something because, especially the airspace around um, northwest Germany where I did my flight training, um, there are so many big airports in that area that you are constantly on ATC, oh, constantly. Dang. And, uh, and you, you know, fighting your way through all these control zones. And, um, I mean, yeah, it is, it was great. It was more challenging a little bit, but still, um, I'm happy that we did it in the States because also when you do a low approach into Miami and if you don't stick to the speed or whatever the guy tells you, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, you are. <laughs> a 747 chasing you right behind you and you're little, you're in your cadet, like flying down that yeah. uh, so no, it's um, you know both has its pros and cons. Yeah, it's funny you say that because even the plane I fly now, I fly Citation Latitude, and yeah. our ref speeds are sometimes like ninety five. So we, are, <laughs> if they Get are like, the way, yeah, they're like do one hundred ninety <laughs> to the final approach fix. Like don't even think about slowing down. It's like all right, cool, we can do it. <laughs> so we're like at just as slow as a one seventy two coming down the lane. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. it's, it's pretty crazy. So I, I can definitely uh, I feel your your pain when you were. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? So yeah, let's talk about the training. What? So you did your yeah. private pilot license in Austria, then? Yeah, that's okay. correct. I did, I did was, all the the, the VFR sort of pilot, uh, private pilot license in there, and then uh, all the IFR ATPL uh, with the uh, flight school in in northern Germany. Okay. So then, and when you came to the states, what was that? Was that just time building then? Uh, it was. Hang on. Uh, was it something like? 45 hours CPL okay. flying, just sort of add on onto your PPL more or less. And then from that on, we had, yeah, sort of 50 hours of IFR and a good 40 hours in the sim. Okay. Um, we had a little, an FNPT we were training in. And uh, yeah, so that, and that was all IFR time building. Uh, and then, yeah, then another 15 or 20 hours back home in Germany for the conversion. So I think when I finished flight school, I had roughly about 145, 150 hours, something Dang. like that. <clears throat> How yeah. was training? Was your training pretty straightforward? Did you were you a natural from the beginning? <laughs> uh, in 
Well, I want to say flying-wise, yes, maybe a natural, but uh, what I really had to deal with at the beginning was all these abbreviations. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, oh again, I didn't know what a CPL was. It was just, if you're not, yeah, as I said, if you're not coming from a um, family with a pilot background, it's really tough on you because yeah. you're getting so many abbreviations thrown at you and you just have to, oh my God, to deal with. Um, no, but it, I had, uh, training-wise, we had... Um, really, really good instructors in, in, in the States because some of them were military. Um, then the other guy who was really, really young, he was just like, you know, uh, such a motivator for us and uh, showed us some really cool tricks. And um, no, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the only struggle I think we all had was uh, preparing for the big theory exam we had in, in Germany, but that was prior uh, we went to, to America. Okay. Uh, but once that was <laughs> once that was done, uh, it was all flying colors. And yeah, really, and yeah, theory is where you have like 14 tests, right? Like you have to take correct. a test on all these different subjects, correct? Yeah, I remember that was uh, uh, in, in Braunschweig in Germany and it was 14 or 15, I don't remember, I think it was 14 tests. That was a lot. <laughs> no, no, it was 15. It was, 15. it was five each day for three days straight. And I remember, I think I didn't sleep in those three days. I, I, I was <laughs> keeping myself up with... Coca-Cola and, and other stuff. <laughs> it was really, really bad. But uh, now I passed it all and it was all good. And then I, I think I slept for a week after. Oh, say, man. <laughs> yeah, That's... It was really hard. But uh, it was, it was, I had to pass uh, on the first run because I immediately had then to go to, to America. I think a couple of weeks later, we then, uh, we all got on a plane and we set off to, to Florida. So I was like under the pressure to, to pass because everything already was set in the States. I was going to say just yeah. a little bit of pressure yeah. on yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so like the theory the theory part for me is just so crazy because in the states it's more self-guided like we still have tests we don't have as many tests as you do but it's kind of like you go on your own pace but when you're saying you're taking 15 tests in five days it's like wow that's yeah. rough so that yeah, really it's rough. it's crazy how you can still have the same standard of a pilot and you could still have a very well-trained pilot but you can do it a completely different way you know it's like yeah there are so many different training programs out there that work for a certain student and it, it, it all works like it's just crazy but it can be so different and then you have IASA, you have faa and it's just wild yeah it's <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah. what was uh what was kind of your favorite moments of flying in florida i know you talked about kind of flying here taking the the free rental car to go get some pizza hut or anything <laughs> but did you have like a favorite flight that sticks out uh, yeah, definitely the one to Key West. Um, yeah. we were just getting on the Seminole and, uh, our instructor, Jesse, he wanted to <laughs> show us a couple of cool things. So what we did is we did, um, I think we flew mostly IFR down there in like super <laughs> KOK, uh, conditions. Yeah. And then we, uh, canceled IFR and then we did like, I want to say in a hundred feet, 200 feet, like low approach all the way along that bridge, you know, that oh, bridge yeah. leading all down to the, to Key West. Yeah. I think for a good 20 minutes, <laughs> we were just flying next to these, to these, uh, trucks going under that, under that bridge. And it was, it was really cool. And then we, um, had uh, a meal in, uh, oh no, we actually landed in Marathon and then we had a, a rental car and we went all the way down to Key West. And then we turned around again, uh, and then we flew back uh, in a straight line, more or less from from Key West all the back to, to Vero Beach. But it was so fun because in, in terms of training, um, there was a couple. Of, I remember exactly on that flight when we flew back that I was in the back seat, 
and uh, my colleague Raphael, he was in the front seat and obviously the instructor, Jesse. And I at one point fell asleep because I, got, I was so, <laughs> it was so tiring. And I mean, in the little seminal, it got really hot as well. Oh, yeah. So it got tired quickly. And um, so they did this thing that <laughs> I in the back was in, in charge of ATC and Jesse was just observing everything. And at one point, <laughs> like uh, after I fell asleep, the boys pushed uh, the red all um, the, the joke all the way down that I like I it lifted me out of my seat and they started screaming and I just I mean I had the shock of my life when I woke up. They obviously they were just kidding, but they had obviously the camera set up, you know, oh. and my face was like all over the all over the plane. But now we had a it was a good time and uh, I especially remember that flight down to QS because it's just the turquoise uh, colors of yeah. the and everything it was just really nice yeah to anyone just training now i highly recommend never falling asleep when you have a flight instructor and a student <laughs> in the front seat because they will scare the crap out of you yeah, they will definitely do that they'll yeah. take a bunch of that yeah they will <laughs> or they'll take a picture of you sleeping which some people do too but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you yeah. are never safe so yeah yep. that's so yeah, funny that's true. <laughs> yeah. all right so now you have all of your ratings you you came to the yeah. states you moved back to to germany what's yeah. next how to how do you progress in your career from there yeah, that's a that's I like telling this story a lot because this is uh, when it shows that you have to have a little luck in aviation as well. Yeah. Um, I came back and I actually went back to um, the little flying school in Austria to um, keep my uh, PPL rating and everything um, valid. Mm -hmm. And um, um, we did a little check ride. We flew around the countryside and I landed, and then we did a debriefing at a little restaurant um, next to the airfield and. Um, at the time, none of the airlines were hiring. And I, yeah, I was a bit of out of luck at that moment. It was like the economy was really, really bad. Mm -hmm. So I sit there in all desperation of finding a job somehow. We do the debriefing. And next to our table, there's another guy um, speaking to his colleague and saying, oh, my God, I don't know how we're going to deal with uh, the summer. I need a pilot, you know, to fly our plane. <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay. I, he was literally sitting next to me. And I could hear that. And I just get up and tell him. All right, mate, look, um, just finished flight school here and there. Uh, I'll be more than willing to fly for you. And he says, have you ever flown a skydiving plane? I said, <laughs> no. All right, we'll give it a try. And literally a couple of weeks, well, not even a week, uh, a couple of days actually later, I got rated on the uh, Pilatus Porter. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and then I did uh, a year of skydiving for this company. And it was the coolest job ever. I was happy to have a job. Um, and it actually paid quite well. And uh, I was flying all day. I mean, or like every day in the week. And especially on the weekends um, when they had a lot of tandem flights um, or tandem skydivers. Mm -hmm. Um, I did up to 30 loads a day. Dang, that's, that's <laughs> like 30 takeoff and landings, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We didn't even cut out the engine. There was no break. Yeah. Hot refueling, you know, the whole program. And yeah. uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I gained a lot of experience um, in, in that year because, yeah, just keeping, you know, touch and goes, touch and goes more or less. And because I, I always say, you know, flying in a straight line is easy. Yeah. Really counts as a pilot is uh, to take off and landings and I got a lot of in <laughs> that year yeah and then again after that um, um, the season was coming to an end and uh, <laughs> this is the funniest story ever I'm sitting there doing my thing on the last day again like 28 to 30 loads um, and there's a guy who's constantly sitting in the front seat and he was kind of monitoring me what I was doing and uh, during the, in the evening, like celebrations or party barbecue, he comes up to me 
And he says, hey, Joe, you know, season's come to an end. What are you going to do next? I mean, you're out of a job for now, are you? And then at the time, a lot of, I, for example, applied for Skydive Dubai. Oh, cool. so I could have worked there uh, on the Porta. And then you know, a lot of guys went to Portugal and Spain because the, yeah, during the winter season, it's just easy to fly there. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'm, at the moment, I'm still seeking a job. And he said, oh, I'm the chief pilot of a little executive company in the northern part of Germany. Uh, I can see you can fly. That's why he was looking at me the whole day. <laughs> uh, you know, start next week. And I said, this, that can't be true. And that was just what happened. Then I got a class rating on a King Air. No way. And then to the King Air for yeah, roughly a year. And uh, it's just went from, you know, from one job to the next. And then, so that was also a lot of fun because that actually got me from more sort of the VFR flying on the, on the Porter into, again, IFR flying all around Europe. And, um, and then on roughly yes, a year in, uh, my best friend, um, she was already with an airline. She was my t- uh, my um, uh, partner during flight school as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she called me up and said, hey, Joe, um, Air Berlin is hiring. Apply now. We need you now. And that's what <laughs> I did. I applied. And a month later, I got the invite. Dang. And I passed the assessment with, with, uh, with Air Berlin and uh, got my first job then on an Airbus. Yeah. <laughs> I never had a break. It was, yeah. it, I, I must say I had, I had a lot of luck finding these jobs and, um, yeah, I really, really appreciate it. That's no, it. That's, I like that. how you said that you had luck, but I mean, clearly you create your own luck, you know, like you put yourself in a position yeah. to get these yeah. jobs. So luck does come into it, but a lot of it yeah. can be, yeah. is manifested by how hard you work and the, the, the yeah. time that you put in. Now, some people are unlucky. They don't have all the breaks that some people have as well, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, but, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you really put in the work. It's like 30 yeah. takeoff and landings a day is not fun. Like, and <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they're not in the best conditions ever. It's like jumpers uh, jump all the time. You got to go <laughs> yeah, up in crosswinds. It's hot, whatever. Yeah, but I, the, the funny thing is um, I heard when I was listening to your podcast, by the way, I listen to your podcast always on my drive from, from Munich to Luxembourg. <laughs> That's so it's cool, just, man. It's just such a great <laughs> yeah, it's a, <laughs> time to, uh, to listen to stuff like that. And I heard you a couple of times saying that, um, you know, just, literally hang around at the airport yeah. at airfields. You're going to meet really, really interesting people. And some of them, someone knows someone who is needing a need of a pilot. And I think if I would go there nowadays with my experience, um, I'm sure I could find a job somehow because the aviation community or in Germany or in general is so interconnected and everyone knows each other. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I, I, I kind of got sort of gloomy when you said that you did, uh, you know, did that in the yeah. past. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's that's the right approach, especially for upcoming flight students. That they, you know, just just work at an airport, just do your thing. I mean, I've seen yeah. so many flight students who work as a ramp agent, and then, then a year or two later, I see them as pilots, and I'm, you know, I'm very happy for them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. well, yeah you, you create that relationship so <laughs> even if you're if you're a ramp agent or if you're fueling a truck like you just start talking yeah. to the pilots be like hey what'd you do how'd you get to where you are it's like kind of tell them your story what you want to do what you want to get out of it and then they'll i mean we want to like we we were all helped in our career right so like you had those breaks you had people help you in your career and i yeah. feel like all pilots you now there are probably some that don't care and that are jerks but <laughs> most pilots <laughs> want to help other pilots succeed because yeah. we need more pilots in this industry and it's the least we could do to give back and be like hey yeah i used to fly a pilatus and freight let me call my buddy see if they're hiring or what or maybe they know someone else that is hiring so yeah yeah totally agree with you yeah what was um this so i flew a pc12 i never flew the porter what was uh what was a porter like i see it doesn't have you heard of susi air yeah yeah, doesn't susi air operate porters they have they still have a few i think yeah 
but now a lot of them are being um, just transitioned over to the caravan uh, okay. because the, the porter is just getting too old, unfortunately. Right. Um, the porter, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, to put it in one word, the plane will never, ever fly straight. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> you are constantly on the control. There is always something you have to do with this plane. It's, uh, I don't want to say it's built that way to, to never fly straight, but, um, no, it's, it's, it's hard work. Uh, it's very, very different to all the other planes, like in terms of, um, uh, the, the, the setup of the cockpit. So mm -hmm. you have, trim and uh, the flaps are uh, your right hand has to go up to the ceiling of the plane <laughs> and then you have to sort of spin a little wheel yeah. um and you have uh, the, the the cockpit has a little like a little dashboard you can just put on stuff like i had all my drinks lined up and stuff oh, like that. it looks really weird but now it's, it's it's incredibly powerful it's so incredibly powerful because it wasn't built to fit the pt6 engine mm -hmm. um so it was actually built to, I think, to, to host a like 300 horsepower um, oh, combustion. Uh, and now with the PT6, it has so much power um, that actually on takeoff, you had to apply, was it, I don't know, was it full left rudder? I think, I think it was full left rudder to counteract the torque of the propeller because Jeez. it was so powerful. And, uh, and the same then uh, when you came for landing. But, and yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's a great plane. If you can fly a Porter, there's, I think you can fly many other planes yeah. after that. That just becomes very easy, yeah. <laughs> and so you went from a 172 or like a small training <laughs> yeah. plane into a yeah. very powerful porter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, the, also in terms of sound, if you start up that turbine, the sound of it, when you come from a little Cessna, which just goes <laughs> like starting a lawnmower and yeah. you go into a turbine engine, um, yeah, that's definitely a big change. Starting but, uh, a, it was, go ahead. Yeah. No, it was just uh, amazing. I mean, yeah. just the performance of the plane and um, what you could do with her. I mean, I was up um, up at uh, 15,000 feet. The jumpers all went out, and I was down, landing before the first parachute jumper landed. That's crazy. What did you do? Just cut all the power and just like immediately bank and dive <laughs> down? The thing, <laughs> the thing was that what you could do with a porter, if you went head down, you could sort of gently put her into beta range, meaning mm -hmm. that the propeller becomes a massive two and a half meter wide disc and she will not gain any speed. So you're going down, <laughs> head down at 100, maybe 25, 130 knots and she won't gain speed. Jeez. And it just, <laughs> and there's a couple of videos actually where you can see me like, you know, going down in the background because everyone had the camera with them when they yeah. jumped out. So you can see the plane <laughs> at the back of just going, zooming by, you know, because, yeah, I was just much faster than they were. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Dang, that's crazy. I'm just imagining the sight picture. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. And then, how was I say? So, yeah, so all that flying, you get to the King Air, and then you yeah. get to Air Berlin. And now yeah. you're flying cargo. So you've pretty, you've done a lot. You've, you've pretty much flown everything you can fly. Seems like, yeah. like the type yeah. of flying you can do. Which one of those Absolutely. was your favorite? Um, uh, I, w I want to say at the moment it's the cargo flying. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the 747 is, uh, let's say, okay, let's say the operation I'm doing right now is so diverse from, anything else I've done before. Mm. I mean, the destinations we go to, the the whole network is so immense. Um, you never know what to expect. And I'm not kidding. 
every flight is different from the other. There is, it's never the same. Yeah. Weather-wise, uh, maybe actually technical stuff or the load we carry, obviously. Um, then the layovers we have, um, the captain I fly with, is there's always something different. And uh, I just really, really enjoy that um, you always have to expect the unexpected. And that's definitely with the operation I have right now. And yeah, um, yeah I Totally, totally love it. <laughs> and then when you say expect the unexpected, you probably, when you're at Air Berlin, you never expected to end up at a cargo. Like I'm sure most no. people that go to an airline are like, I'm going to stay at this airline for life. Like I have no plans yeah. on leaving. What happened? I know that Absolutely. you mentioned that you said that the airline went out of business, but like, do you like talk a little bit about that? Yeah. The thing was, um, again, I must admit it was a bit of luck in there or uh, very fortunate. It was, um, I was in the company for eight years and uh, after six years, the uh, company had uh, a state where they had too many pilots and um, so they did a little sort of a collaboration with um, or partnered up with CargoLux saying hey uh, can we send over a couple of pilots to your airline because CargoLux was in the desperate need of pilots so okay. the they came around and uh, we, they introduced themselves. We ran through an assessment if you wanted to um, work for them. And I passed the assessment. Um, sadly, uh, I didn't get my job because um, uh, <laughs> I was the last one to be taken, but they had sent too many pilots away already. No. So and made it <laughs> yeah, and it was only, I think, 25 or some, uh, I think 25 in total. And a couple of pilots went to Etihad and so far. Okay. And um, so I was a bit unlucky. I was, not, I'm not going to say stuck then with Evelyn, but still I enjoyed the rest of my time. And right. then, um, so I continued flying with them. And then at the end, yes, the company had some financial struggles and uh, they went bankrupt at the end. And I was without a job. <laughs> and uh, That's like the a, day, a pilot's worst nightmare. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and it was really, really a bad time for me. And funny thing was that the day I lost my job, or the next day, I got a call from the <laughs> from the recruitment agency from Cargolux and saying, oh, "Hey, Joe, are you still interested in flying for us?" <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, yeah, and then they signed me up for another um, sort of a shortened version of the assessment. Uh, I had obviously had to do some um, assessing in the uh, in the simulator and uh, did all that, but I had to wait quite some time to actually do that. Uh, that's why I was unemployed for quite uh, a couple of months. But um, yeah, and then to me, I knew this is my biggest chance on flying the plane I always wanted to fly. And I invested quite some money to really train on the 747 for that screening. So I took four hours on the sim um, in Frankfurt um, because I was, I was really afraid uh, of the trim because mm -hmm. I hadn't used the trim in eight years on the Airbus because yeah. it has an awful and also it's like the weight and the size of the plane is nothing compared it's to the a massive airplane. <laughs> it's massive. Yeah. And, uh, and the good thing was when I went to the screening, uh, I felt very confident and uh, that actually, it really it showed that I practiced and, uh, the guy who did the screening said, Hey Joe, uh, we can really tell that you've uh, put some effort into this and you really want this job. And yeah, then I got hired and I, I was very uh, happy to, to get that job. Then. <laughs> it's amazing what unemployment can spark a fire. <laughs> I will do whatever it takes to not be unemployed and get this job. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, no, it's a, you talk about, obviously, early in your career, you talk about all the luck that you had, and then now you're coming in, you finally have that airline job, you know, it's kind of like that old mantra, like, you made it, I'm an airline pilot, like, this is the greatest ever, yeah. and then you have a terrible thing happen where the plane, the airline's going out of business, and now yeah. you're out of a job, and you found yourself unlucky. It's like, there's such a, aviation's such a cycle, and it's, <laughs> and it's an individual cycle, or it's a power struggle, it's a, you're struggling with this job, you don't know if you want this job, you get this job, then you lose that job, you find another job, so it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I'm glad it worked out for you. And I'm glad that you're now flying uh, the one of the best planes ever made. Yeah. And you're flying some fun flying, doing some fun stuff. And it's just really cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cool to hear, like, it's cool to hear that you wanted to put in the work, you know, because a lot of people see influencers, people with a lot of followers on social media, yeah. on YouTube, and they see your life, they see you smiling all the time. They 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 probably think, man, this guy has like had everything handed to him and they don't really understand. It's like, no, they're like <laughs> my life sucked for a couple of years. Like I really was struggling and didn't have a job. And it's I think it's really cool to share that. Absolutely. Um, to me, this whole if we if we're gonna talk about this um, social media stuff, um, to me I see this in a very different way, um, you have to be, especially I have the feeling that I'm educating a lot of young people or people mm -hmm. who want to become a pilot. And everyone just shows like this bright side of uh, the aviation industry. And no one sees that I call it the dark side of aviation. Um, and there definitely is. And I mean, I have, I woke up in hotels due to jet lag. I didn't even know where I was. I mean, stuff like that happens. And also, the struggle in finding a job, it's really, really hard at the beginning. It, you need that first job that is the most important. But a lot of people just have this expectation. Okay, I'm going to go to flight school. I'm going to enroll this in this program. And then I'm going to fly an Airbus right out of the box. Yeah. That's not how it happens, especially in the States. It doesn't. You need to be a flight instructor. You need to fly, like as you did, like little caravans and stuff like cargo planes to get your uh, experience. It's a, it's a little different in Europe. But also, you have to be willing to take whatever it takes to get that first job and no matter what plane it is don't be picky and say oh no i don't want to fly this in this plane it doesn't matter you just have to gain uh, experience in whatever plane it is and i keep telling that to a lot of people and um yeah so keep that in mind that uh, aviation is amazing i really love the industry and i like being in it and i like educating people but be truthful and honest about it don't just say how amazing it all is also you know tell the truth about that sometimes it can be quite a struggle for everyone it's never enough nothing good comes easy trust no me. i mean i i couldn't i couldn't have said it better myself and that's yeah. when i used to fly freight like <laughs> i used to fly single pilot freight as most people know and i used to tell like every single day i'd get called out at like midnight and i had to go fly for eight hours after i've been up all day it's like <laughs> and i just be like this sucks like no one wants to do this like this is the worst part of aviation but it's like you said you can't be picky. You have to do what you have to do to put yourself in a position to get that luck or to get Absolutely. your dream job. And for me, Absolutely. it was flying 2,000 hours in two years in a caravan on a Pilatus flying 3,000 pounds of fuel or uh, of car auto parts. So I had to do it, wow. you know? Crazy. But now Crazy. I have the job that I've always wanted. So it worked out. I actually, I actually consider myself very lucky then because skydiving was always during daytime and good weather. Oh, man. No. <laughs> and the executive flying was also during daytime and good, well, not necessarily good weather, but always during daytime. None of these, uh, let's say passengers with wealthy passengers who could afford that would never yeah. fly during the night. They, they like their sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with Air Berlin, I think yeah, over eight years, I might have had five or six night flights. Oh, wow. Dang. <laughs> so I was very, 
fortunate. So what you've done is really, (laughs) that's really awesome. It just goes to say how much different kind of flying there is and the diverse, the diverseness of flying that you can have. And there's, like you said, there's a job out there for everyone. Go do it. (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, uh, let's talk a little more about, uh, I have one question about cargo that you're doing now versus kind of, I don't know what it's called in Europe, but we call it 121 flying. That's kind of airline flying or heavier equipment flying. I don't know if cargo, this is going to be bad, but I think cargo is still 121 too, or I don't know all the regulations, but what do you miss from flying for the airline versus the cargo? And what do you not miss? Um, what do I miss? Um, do you miss having like a set schedule and going to the same places? Yeah, absolutely. No, you got me right on the spot. Um, (laughs) Yes, I do miss that a little bit because sometimes uh, cargo operation can change a lot. So meaning um, sometimes when I'm on my way to to the airport, I sometimes get a last minute change and uh, it from suddenly going westbound to America it suddenly goes all eastbound, you know, so, like, so no. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> then also, um, my trips are fairly long, so they can go from a short three to four day trip to up to 18, 20 day trip. Oh, wow. Um, and don't be assured that you come back on that day. So right. it's sometimes my tours extend to two days. Sometimes they get shorter, very rarely, but yeah. <laughs> uh, normally they get a bit longer. Um, yes, that, that I miss a little bit because I have a couple of friends, um, who fly for Qatar and stuff like that. And they have a set schedule, which is in stone, you know, and yeah. nothing will change because it's passenger, obviously. And yep. um, with cargo, yes, there are a lot of changes. That's what I miss a little bit that, uh, schedule, um, well, safety or, or security that just stays as it is. Um, what I don't miss is, um, <laughs> complaining passengers. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, um, no, I think, yeah, uh, the stress uh, with passengers because yeah. you always had to be on time, right? I yeah. mean, with cargo, it's a, I want to say it's much, much more relaxed. Um, I'm not saying we take off when we can, but we have more of a window and when we take off and right. all the whole environment in the cockpit is very, very relaxed. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. Boxes That's, don't uh, complain, right? <laughs> nope. They don't. <laughs> and you don't have flight attendants who yeah. complain either. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. What, um, so yeah, you brought up about your cargo life. What is it? So yeah. you are, you have, you have your schedule. It says, Oh, cool. Yeah. You have a quick three day trip. You're going to Chicago. Then you're flying back. All of a sudden mm-hmm. you're going to the airport and they're like, no, actually we need you to go to Vietnam and we're going to keep you out for 18 days. What, how do you pack for that? Okay. What's your mindset okay. like? <laughs> it's not that bad. All right. <laughs> I do have a, like a, a frame of, for me at the moment, I fly a schedule of 14 days on, 14 days off, okay. kind of like that. So I use a lot of my holidays every month and then I have my, my CODs, so my, my off days I can take and I add them all together, which roughly ends up to like 12 to 14 days off. And the rest of it, I fly. So um, so when I get to the airport, I, I kind of don't really care where I go because I am mm-hmm. set. My mind is completely set. First day I take off and then the 14th day I come back and then I go home. Okay. And, um, but in terms of packing, it, no matter if it goes east or westbound, uh, we have a lot of flights going via Anchorage. So you do, uh, you go into the, you go eastbound first and you mm-hmm. go westbound up to Anchorage. And uh, so you have, you know, your shorts and uh, bathing trunks for Bangkok, and then you have your uh, Canada goose for Anchorage. <laughs> so my suitcase is 
is uh, uh, wardrobe on wheels. <laughs> I bet, man. Do you have like a Harry Potter suitcase? <laughs> 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 no, no one ever said that, but yes, you yeah. can say that. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I have a, so the company I work for, the standard schedule is a seven on, seven off, and it's kind of the same thing. I don't know where I'm going. My schedule changes through the night by the hour. When I'm up in the air, I think I'll have two legs, and I land, I'll add on two more legs, so I'll have a four total, and I'll be going from Miami up to Alaska or Canada, so it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you never, you cannot prepare yourself for what you need to pack. It's just, you always need to have a coat, and you always need to have a bathing suit and sandals, because you never know (laughs) when you're going to the islands, and you never know when you're going to the most remote town in Canada, and you're going to freeze your butt off (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah Uh, it's hard and i I feel like that can be a stress on people is not knowing yeah for a lot of people that's exactly what they want you know i i enjoy the kind of uncontrolled chaos of it like i think it's kind of interesting and kind of fun and other people love knowing where they're going a month and a month in advance and i think uh again it's just what you make out of it you know Mm -hmm. i mean you can complain about everything but uh, (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you just make the best out of your situation i mean now i i have a a trip coming up i i personally call it the flower tour because (laughs) we fly to south america to pick up flowers to take them to europe and there's always a fuel stop included in uh, puerto rico Nice. And uh, I stay two days in Puerto Rico. Yes, I'll be a little upset <laughs> if I go to work tomorrow and it all goes to somewhere in Asia yeah. or uh, somewhere to Alaska <laughs> but, uh, because I have my bathing shorts ready. But I think you just have to, you know, seize your opportunity to just do. I mean, you're pilot. You have to be kind of flexible and yeah. you just have to adapt to the situation. But, and yeah, and then if I end up in Anchorage, yes, I will make the most out of it. I don't know. Try to get in contact with someone who has a seaplane and go seaplane flying and stuff like that. It's just, you know, do what you can do and don't complain about it for days and days in. It's not going to make your situation better anyway. So no, it's yeah. not. That's a good point. It's not going to make anything better. It's <laughs> yeah. going to make everyone worse around you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So talk a little bit about Captain Joe. What brought on <laughs> you wanting to start this kind of YouTube channel, Instagram, what, why, just why, like, yeah, I always, I'm always fascinated to know why, like when you started this, did you have the intention of becoming like a Instagram celebrity or like a influencer? No, not at all. Okay. We come back to the word influencer because I don't like that word. Um, The thing (laughs) is that, uh, so it started off um, during my time with Air Berlin and um, I admit I had a lot of free time Mm -hmm. and during my free time, I didn't, I can't just stick, sit in front of the TV and just watch TV all day. I needed to do something with mm-hmm. my life. And uh, I had a couple of jobs I did here and there and did this and that. And uh, one day, interestingly enough, my dad called me up and he was reading a newspaper article and he was struggling with a system um, he didn't really get about the pitot tube and he wanted me to explain it to him. And I said, yeah, it's no worries. So during the outside check, I took my dad on a FaceTime call and I walked around the plane pointing out the things what he was interested in and mm-hmm. explained it to him and then I took him into the cockpit and so far. And a couple of weeks later, I sit on the terrace at my parents' place and my dad and I have a couple of beers and he says, Joe, you did this really well, like explaining me, you know, during that outside check. Um, wouldn't you think that your passengers could be interested in doing that or be interested in seeing that as well? And I said, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and um, then he, as a 64-year-old, said, why don't you start a YouTube channel? And I said, <laughs> And then I, I knew a friend of mine who had a YouTube channel, but uh, fitness related, nothing about yeah. thing. 
I knew how much work that was. And I said, okay, why don't I start off with a couple of Instagram pictures first and see how it goes. And then uh, uploading a couple of pictures from the cockpit and so forth. And I saw how well it picked up. And uh, and then sort of gradually I started with my first YouTube um, videos and I was I was a complete wreck. I was so nervous <laughs> when my first video went online. And uh, to be fair, since then, the channel has always been growing and mm -hmm. it's I, I would have never ever expected to gain a million followers probably in one week uh, we're down to 990,000 uh, subscribers no That's I would have huge, never man. expected yeah uh, I uh, it was never the intention and uh, but you just grow with your experience right yeah. because people then commented on videos they wanted to see new stuff they wanted this question to be answered and so far and it just constantly keep growing and growing and growing and uh and it's been a hell of a ride and it's been a lot of fun i really really enjoyed it and uh, especially now i'm doing more um like interactive stuff where i actually meet people at exhibitions and stuff mm -hmm. and it's so nice to see what they have gained from the videos and um Interesting, I thought they would all like <laughs> uh, talk very highly about my technical videos. And funny enough, most of the comments I got was on my motivational videos where I try <laughs> to motivate people. There's so many things you don't expect to, to see. And yeah, um, yeah so um, from now on, uh, and to, to, to come back to the word influencer, I personally don't like that word as much because uh, I, I want to say I don't have an influence on people like Gandhi did or uh, right. Martin Luther King. Right. I, I'm not trying to influence them. I'm trying to educate them a little bit. And um, when people use the word influence, it's so big. And, uh, you know, I know models do that, like presenting pictures of their clothes and whatever. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, I am, I'm not that guy. I'm trying to influence or help them, sorry, educate them a little bit and make their life. Yeah. <laughs> I just try to educate them and make their life at flight school just easier. I that like that, is man. My, that, the message of that's really Joe, cool. Yeah. And I think that kind of comes off in your videos. And I think it's part of the reason why you've become successful in it is because they can kind of, they don't, they don't see kind of an ulterior motive, you know? I mean, influencers or people that kind of get caught up in social media, you know, like eventually it gets to the point where it's like you kind of sell out for the money or you do some other yeah, stuff yeah. and it's hard not to. I mean, cause you put in all this work and you want to make sure that you're getting paid for what you're doing, yeah, but sure. it's a very yeah. fine line of uh, going yeah. too far, you know, of, of kind of losing kind of that respect that your community has for Absolutely. you and the reason why Absolutely. they, they wanted to watch your channel in the first place. But I think you're doing a good job. And I like how you said that. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. So I have a million followers, but like my influence is over aviation, you know, it's like, I'm not yeah. like, I'm not, like you said, I'm not Gandhi. I'm not Martin Luther King out here. <laughs> no, like I'm just no. having fun with something I love to do. And I think that's really cool. Absolutely. That's cool to hear. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's funny that you said, especially with these, sometimes I have sponsors mm -hmm. and a lot, of, a lot of my followers, they actually make a lot of fun of it then. <laughs> but, ah, Joe, it's one of them again. Like, yeah. <laughs> because, uh, it's, it's, Yes, sometimes I, I find funny sponsors or the sponsors I would want to work with. But for, for me, primarily, I just trying to obviously um, promote stuff which which I'm proud of. For example, mm -hmm. I worked with Bose a couple of times. Bose, I believe, is the best aviation headset. Yeah. They just make the best headsets. Or uh, Ray-Ban, I had one with them. They had amazing sunglasses. I love their sunglasses. And nope. in a, I know other influencers, they... They do all sorts of stuff with, I don't know, shaving creams and whatnot. I mean, yeah. it's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Just stick to the thing you... Yeah. Yeah, so. 
No, I know. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard though because you put in so much work and you built this and you see other people making tons of money. It's like, all right, cool. I want to make yeah. money too. So yeah, it's yeah. it's tough. And I think that it comes. It, it's a fine line that your followers, at the and listeners and watchers have to kind of yeah. follow too because they need to understand that. Yeah, maybe sometimes you're gonna make a sponsored video, but it's so you can keep this channel going. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And so absolutely. yeah, but I also loved how you talked about how you were so nervous when you started because oh, I was when I started the podcast, I was like, no one wants to hear my voice like my voice sounds terrible i don't want anyone to do this and i put it off for a good like six months and i mean who knows that's a six months is a lot of momentum that's a lot of people listening i could have interviewed other people that aren't on instagram now or all that kind of stuff so you can lose a lot of time by talking yourself out of things did you ever (laughs) kind of like talk yourself out of it like no i don't want to do this like i can't do this or my friends from high school are going to think this is weird and all that kind of stuff absolutely i mean when you start off i remember the first couple of videos i did they were actually German. That's <laughs> the worst part about it. I, when I look at these videos, they are so bad. It's, it's so sad to see. But it's what I, I um, when I started it, I remember I kept it actually a bit of a secret. I wanted to see if it really picks up. And the funniest thing was, this is actually, no one knows this. Um, I snuck into an Airbus at night no at, way. Uh, at Munich Airport in, <laughs> in the Air Berlin. I mean, snuck in terms of, I actually had someone drive me there, but okay. no one knew. I said I had to take some pictures and stuff. And I was sitting in that Airbus, I want to say, for a good five, six hours recording. That's <laughs> uh, hilarious. You know, doing recordings about it. And then um, then I went home, I edited it all. And uh, and then I had six videos, five or six videos to choose from, which one will be my first one. And um, luckily, uh, it was one which picked up really nicely. It was about the reverse thrust. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people seem to be very interested in that. It's actually one of my best videos. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, but uh, so I had a, a very lucky start with, because the video picked up in, it had a, a hundred and 50,000 views in 48 hours. Oh, like, wow. it, it completely skyrocketed. And um, it got my channel going really quickly at the beginning. And um, and then it sort of slowly picked up. I told my uh, friends and family about it. And yeah, sure, at the beginning, they said, oh, God, what's he up to now? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and then especially my company, you know, my company, they had to approve of it as well. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, luckily, they really liked it. Um, and they, they needed good press anyways. And uh, so, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I kind of did, did my thing in there. Um, and no, now it's, it's the other way around. I mean, my friends are incredibly supportive, especially my girlfriend. She is really behind the full project and she supports me in any way and makes, you know, we, I, I spend a lot of time to do all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And, uh, yeah, you have to do a lot of sacrifices as well. Uh, but now she, for example, next week we're going to fly to um, Italy because I got invited to go on a on a Red Bull um, glider uh, aerobatic plane. Oh, sweet! Um, really, really cool. And she she's going to come along as well. And uh, I talked to the guy who's actually doing the whole flying with us, and he said, "Oh, there's no worries. We'll we'll get her into a Boeing Stearman, and she can fly around next to us." And I was like, "Are you kidding me? I would rather go into Stearman than that explain." But the cool thing is also that um, we now getting these incredible opportunities um, invited by a lot of people. Um, I have. Uh, yeah, there's an interview coming up soon, which I'm really, really proud of. For for example, going up to Kennedy. Um, to meet with Kennedy Steve, you know, he yeah. spoke, he, we got into contact and he said, Hey, Joe, I love your channel and so forth and so forth. Come around. I'd love to have an interview. And, you know, these kind of things always just 
now talking to you. I mean, yeah. the opportunities that have come out of Captain Joe and this project, which I never had expected it will grow that big. And uh, it's just, it's stunning. And it really, I really, really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It yeah. is a lot of fun. And it, it's hard work, like you said. Like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's, it's a lot of editing. It's a lot of not really like sexy work, you know, like obviously like going to cool places, talking to cool people and flying in a Stearman or an aerobatic glider is really cool. <laughs> but that's part of it, that's, you know, that's, it's not always yeah. like that. It's sometimes it's, hey, your girlfriend wants to go out to a date. You're like, no, I really need to make this video. You know, it's like yeah. you got to make sacrifices. And I know it's kind of like, oh, poor me. You have almost a million followers like but it's it's still hard work you know like and i think that most people understand that but i think that gets lost every once in a while yeah yeah and yeah it does and uh but that to me you know um, that my friends are still around that uh, nothing has changed really they they're still incredibly supportive and uh i as a person haven't changed uh, apparently i mean mm-hmm. that's what everyone says um and uh, you know some uh, it's, it's hard to put this in words, but um, you will see, I mean, you see, you can tell it yourself, that the effort you put into this project for Pilot to Pilot or the effort I put into Captain Joe is immediately reflected on your success. Yeah. If you don't do anything for it, nothing happens. You right. know? And that a lot of people, uh, yeah, you have to deal with haters, I have to deal with haters. No one, <laughs> everyone sees this glamorous stuff, you know, but no one sees how much hard work we put yeah. into this stuff. And you know, creating this community. <laughs> well said. Yeah. <laughs> and I found the more successful you get, the more haters you get as well. I don't Ooh. know if it's people that are jealous of success <laughs> or if they just are here to bring you down. But the more attention that, say, the podcast gets, or even your channel, probably you've noticed that that's an uptick in your haters and the people that tell you, "Man, you suck," or it's like, and that's going to hurt. Like it might be one comment, but that comment sticks with you. You know, <laughs> it's like uh, I, I have to admit the the funny thing is that when uh, I started with it i really got attached to these haters yeah. i was really it really bumped me out i couldn't sleep all right right i was <laughs> in a really bad mood yeah. and it, you know the funniest thing is you get twenty thousand comments um and that one single comment is a negative one and you get really bummed out about it and said how is that you know why i don't know how this is connected with but it's it was really bad but now I have, I've, I've had to deal with so many haters that it's, it's become fun. <laughs> I mean, nowadays I, I, I'm grateful that they actually take the time to waste their time on me. You know, it's just, <laughs> mate, you've got nothing better to do than right. just go. And so yeah, uh, like, it's so true. <laughs> that's funny, <laughs> and yeah, it's something you got to deal with for sure because there's always gonna be haters, and if you got haters, and you're, you're usually doing something right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What would, uh, this is kind of my last question for Captain Joe and the kind of like the, yeah. the whole social media, not influencer, but educator. Yeah. <laughs> what would you, um, so a lot of people would look up to you and be like, man, he's got this cool YouTube channel. Like I want to, like, I don't know the kids these days, they want to be YouTube stars. Like YouTube is like yeah. the goal. What do you say yeah. to someone starting a YouTube channel? What's kind of like the most important tips you would give someone that wants to either have, um, <laughs> like an, uh, a YouTube channel for education or just for yeah. fun? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, if you want to do that, you really be have to, you have to be aware of how much work it is. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, if you want to start a channel, a YouTube channel, you have to have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. You have to have something in your life that is interesting to me that I'll watch it, you know? Um, and I luckily with another colleague of mine, we, I want to say are the only ones in the YouTube era doing this. And, uh, we were lucky to find that niche, but, Nowadays, 
I, you know, enroll school, finish school, study something, mm-hmm. and then think about your YouTube career. I would <laughs> never, ever base my life on my YouTube career. Right. Never. Because it's, it can all be lost by tomorrow, you know, yeah. and, uh, you never know. And, and it's, it's very, very hard work. And, um, it, to get to the level I am at right now, that took me good four years already. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people don't see that, you know, you can have, uh, loads of success with YouTube, but you have to put the work into it and no one becomes uh, a YouTube star in, in a year or two. Yeah. It's kind of, no it's kind of like an avi- it's kind of like our aviation career, you know. It's like they see you flying the seven forty seven and they think how yeah. amazing it is, but they're like, "Oh yeah, they didn't know that you had to fly <laughs> skydivers taking yeah. off thirty times it, a day, or that your yeah. airline went out of business." So it's like, it yeah, took me, it took me ten years to get into the seven forty seven. Yeah. Ten years. It's From not the day overnight. I started flying. No, it's it does not happen yeah, overnight. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. No. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I know I appreciate that that kind of outlook on that because I think that's important. I think that. I have people just think that what we do now, we're successful at it and it just happened just like a snap of the fingers, but it doesn't. It's hard work. It's editing. It's sacrifices and it pays off. And one thing I'll say is when I started the podcast, there are a bunch of other companies. There's probably no bunch. There's probably three or four. And just yesterday I went to go check on them to see what they're doing and all four of them don't have a website anymore. They all kind of gave up. And I think it's, wow. you, you got to continue to, to grow. You got to continue to, to post. There's times mm-hmm. when I first started the first like six months to eight months, like I had like 20 people listening to the podcast. I should, I mean, I thought wow. about giving up. I was like, why would I want to do this? No one's listening. But the mm-hmm. more work you put in and the more you kind of go, like you just do it for yourself, mm-hmm. do it for the fun of it. And then it, people will come, you know, people will Absolutely. come and listen to it and just be consistent and just continue to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's also, I mean, I'm not kidding. I will, I can't wait to promote your channel. Because <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Now, yeah. Because it's just like, to me, it's so great. It's an hour long. It's, I have a four to five hour drive and I can listen to at least three or four podcasts. And it's great because I like to hear all these other pilot stories of my colleagues. It's yeah. a big, and the funniest thing is all the guys you've interviewed so far, None of them has gone in a straight line. No. None of them has gone from yeah. A to B to be a pilot. That's crazy. All of them have like different stories of how they became a pilot. I just love that. And that's really, really it's cool. It's so cool. <laughs> when I first started, I was worried that I was, was going to get boring after a while, but I've realized no. that everyone has a different story. Absolutely. So it's like, sweet. It's good for content and it's also good to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, I have a, a rapid fire section for you I real know. quick. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> Perfect. So are you ready for it? Yeah, shoot right. me. <laughs> I'll start off with everyone's favorite or my favorite. What is the ugliest airplane you've ever seen? The Skyvan, uh, that shoebox. What's yes. it called? Is it the Skyvan? <laughs> I know what you're talking Skyvan. about. Short, yeah. Short, short Skyvan. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that plane is ugly. Ugliest sin. What is, <laughs> what's your favorite airplane? One, favorite airplane uh, that you've flown? The favorite airplane I've flown, I, it sounds so cliche, but I'd really at the moment it is the 747. Okay. I just, every time I walk towards it, I am just so stunned <laughs> by its size. It's That's just so like cool. Every time it's so breathtaking. Yeah. I what, love this. Airplane. What's your least favorite airplane that you've flown? Uh, oh yeah. A, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, at, um, a Robin, some, some French plane. Uh, <laughs> I luckily only had a couple of hours on it, but I really disliked the plane. It, was it had a stick where it actually should have a yoke. Oh, dang. <laughs> I was no good. I don't remember the name though, but it was some, some, whatever. Yeah. That's uh, Yeah. Something I've never heard of. <laughs> what is your favorite airport you've ever flown to? 
Um, uh, well, the one I want to fly to is JFK, okay. um, but the one I, um, the, one of my favorites, uh, gee, I want to say, uh, oh yeah, um, uh, Norway, Bergen. Oh, Bergen that'd be cool. Ah, oh, it's just so scenic. It's beautiful. It's just, scenic wise, it's really, really beautiful. But in terms of um, ATC and everything, I would probably, probably say anyone in the states because the air traffic controllers in the states just really know what they're doing. Yeah, no, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. I have no other. I've the only other country I've flown are Canada. Canada's good too, and then Mexico. Yeah. But Mexico can be a struggle sometimes. I don't know if you've flown to Mexico, but they yeah. don't have their radar is not the best there. It's just, oh. yeah, it's not the yeah. best. <laughs> At least. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if you could fly over beaches, ocean, or say like all the way over the world, what's your favorite type of geography to fly over? Uh, definitely beaches. Okay. Definitely beaches. Yeah. Ah, I, I still, you know, have that good memory of that flight to Key West and, uh, yeah, yeah it's really good. <laughs> if you are, you're making a connection flight and you have to get some quick airport food, what's your go-to? Uh, sushi. Sushi. Airport sushi. You're the second person that said that. I've never had airport sushi before. <laughs> Uh, well, the thing is, the only sushi I remember, which was really, really good. Oh, hang on. Oh, why did I say that? Okay, you're going to blame me for this one. All right, in Germany, it's sushi because in, in Hamburg, there's this really great little sushi place, and we yeah. always went there to get sushi. But okay, now you're going to hold me down. In the States, <laughs> I like to go to Panda Express. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the orange chicken is yeah. amazing. That's hilarious, yeah. and uh, you're not the you're yeah. not the first person to say that. So Panda Express has like a, a cult following, man. Okay, good. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Good, good. All right. <laughs> Who is uh, who's an aviator that you've always wanted to meet? It can be someone from social media, or maybe yeah. just like someone you've always looked up to. Yeah, uh, it's definitely Sully. Okay, it's, uh, I think. I, uh, I've given presentations um, uh, on his uh, Hudson River landing, and uh, I just what he's done is just I personally think is so heroic and is amazing. I think, uh, and I read his book. I read a lot about him, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm planning on meeting him. That's to, cool. To, to, to Captain Joe video with him. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> All right, if you could, let's see what we ask. Mm-hmm. Do you have an iPhone or an Android? Uh, I am. I was an Android for a very long, long time, but since I've done all the editing, I've become an Apple boy. Yeah. So uh, yes, same I'm with the Apple. computer too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just switched from iPhone to Android, and I liked it at first, but I'm I'm starting. I'm I'm gonna go back. It's just iMessage, you know, all like the, it just everything just works so easily with each other. Yeah, I might catch That's some heat true. for it because the Android <laughs> fanboys are pretty tough. But <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. What is the your favorite airline livery? Um, the ones which have a theme to it. Um, okay. For example, the, the, I like the retro ones. For example, recent the seven four seven BOAC from British Airways they yeah. brought out is I I'm so proud that they did stuff like that. Another one they had um, they had this golden bird for the um, Olympics when the Olympics were in London. Oh, cool. Um, so. Yeah, the ones which have a meaning to it. I mean, they all can be colorful and whatnot, but if they have, uh, if they express something or try to show something, then, then I, I really like it. And especially those retro, um, they're really cool. Yeah, yeah. I really like those. What's your, ugl- what's the ugliest airline livery that you've seen? Uh, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't like spirit. <laughs> Yeah. I think that the this yellow. yellow. Yeah. Why would you find it? looks like a cab. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> I know don't, why. I, 
it's, it does it doesn't doesn't suit well. No, yeah, I don't like it. I agree. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it's here to stay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Joe, that's all I really have for you right now, man. Cool. So you made it. We can uh, debrief a little bit afterwards. But hey, yeah, keep yeah, doing right. what you're doing, man. I appreciate it. I, I like the just kind of how you kind of go about it and how you you don't really see yourself as an influencer, more of an educator. And I think that's important. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're having success and you'll continue to have success. Wish you the best in the 747. And who knows, yeah. maybe one time, one day we can link up in Europe and we can do a Captain Joe video. We should. We definitely should. <laughs> Perfect. Or Chicago. Come fly to Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Yeah. yeah we, uh, Chicago is more or less like a hub for us. We're there yeah. so many times. So I definitely, I would definitely make it happen when yeah. I come to Chicago. Perfect. Absolutely. That'd be cool. awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming well, on. And, uh, absolutely. Thank you much. No for problem. Having me on. I can't wait to hear that on my own car ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So All cool. right. That's some next time. Then. No problem. All the best. Take care. <laughs> See ya. And that is a wrap of episode number 64 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Aviation, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to find out more information about Captain Joe, check out his YouTube page, Captain Joe. Check him out. Let me know what you think, Aviation. Like I said earlier, please leave us a review. Five stars is perfect. But if you have some criticism, let us know. We like to learn. We like to, to figure out how to make the best content possible. And if you do have criticism or you do want to reach out to me, please email me pilot to pilot hq at gmo.com aviation i look forward to seeing you at oshkosh i cannot wait to be there and be with more of you guys and put some uh, faces to names people that i've talked to looking forward to meet you guys i uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and as always happy flying